Three, two, one. John, are we live? We are live in studio. What's going on, buddy? Not too much. Great, uh, great weekend. Missed you. Oh, was, that's uh, cute. Looking forward to hearing some good stories about Italy. Well, Italy was a blast. I had a lot of fun. Um, I think we were just talking off air. The one thing that shocked me about Italy was that the food and my cousin who's my Facebook friend and was in Italy with me and my dad is about to probably send me some hate messages for this because he was giving me crap the whole week. I don't think the food was as good as everybody made it out to be. I was posting on Instagram on my story a couple times about the food being okay and the wine being okay and I got a bunch of people sending me like hate inbox messages like you're not eating in the right spots and I'm like I've ate everywhere and I think it's because Chicago has such a good food industry like I got a buddy of mine Sean owns Basil Leaf Cafe my buddy Luke with uh, Siena Tavern their Italian food's just as good as Italy's Mm -hmm. they had really good cheese I had good pizza a couple times but um, if you're going there strictly for food not blown away but the city's really cool I mean stuff that's 2,000 2,500 years old and it's still standing I mean like you think about the US we got history for 250 years or so that's 10 times as much. It was really cool. The Coliseum was cool. I got a ridiculous tour of the Vatican. Um, nice. My aunt knew a very high priest, so we actually were able to drive through Vatican City, which is, it's its, its own country, essentially. Um, so you have to drive into Vatican City, mm-hmm. and like the normal public, we were laughing the whole time. They got to stand in line. we I drove through actual Vatican City, saw the garden, so that was really cool. Shout out to my dad because we do shout outs at the beginning. Yeah, he um, he was presenting at a cardiology conference, really kicked butt. I'm very biased because my dad, but um, a lot of people listening said he had the best presentation. So shout out to him. It was really cool to go out there and watch him. Um, and shout out to uh, my mom, whose birthday it was on the 19th, and I missed, but I'm going to take her out on Sunday. Oh, happy Those birthday. Those are my shout outs. What about you? Those are great shout By the way, John always, I'm, I'm telling Tim this, always out <laughs> shout outs me. He's a one upper with shout outs. <laughs> so he's always got like two or three better shout outs. So I'm waiting to hear. Oh, one more before you go. Yes. Shout out. I just ran over here from um, the Union League Boys and Girls Club. I'm in a t-shirt because um, I was with the Chicago Association of Realtors, YPN group. Um, we were out there with the kids, um, just hanging out, playing with the kids. They were a riot. Um, big shout out to Carr um, for putting on these events. We had a lot of fun. They were kicking our butts at dodgeball. And these kids were like half of my size. And they were kicking our butts at everything. Half of your size. Half my half size. Half of your size. So they, um, they were lined up. And this was awesome. They, one of the girls in our group asked, who do you think is the youngest? And I'm the oldest, I think, in the YPN, but they pointed at me. And the joke is, I think I'm closest to their size. Okay. So they just assumed I was the youngest. Very but good. Uh, shout out to the kids for making me feel good today. That's awesome. How uh, about you? Shout outs. Well, shout outs, to be honest with you, uh, I, it's, I was following your, your trip to Italy uh, via Instagram and Facebook and such. Um, and I was also, I, I've never met the gentleman, but you always speak very highly of him, of course. And I just think it was great what your dad did as far as the presentation and getting over there and doing some really good work. Shout out to you, actually, because you took time. You wanted to go and spend time with him. I, I find family family to be very important. I think it was great that you yeah. wanted to do that so much and that you did that. Um, and then I'm going to be on that. I'm going to put up a little B-roll. Okay. What are we watching? So what we're watching right now is just a few quick clips. I was at uh, Monroe, or excuse me, Morgan Manufacturing over the weekend for 
the Culinary Fight Fest. And what that is, is around the country, it's chefs that compete in the top 17 chefs from all the uh, variety of major markets all came in to Chicago. And on Sunday, uh, there was this huge display of fantastic food that I got a chance to take advantage of. Um, and then on Monday, they had the final four and Jawan McCartney, who uh, was down in Springfield doing some charity work last night, uh, was supposed to be here with us today to explain a little bit more about it. And Fight to Feed is the uh, charity wing of this. So we're gonna have her on next month or the month after to really explain what they do. But the, the chefs that were competing in this competition all get together around the holidays and, and throughout the year actually and cook food and go out to homeless shelters and drop off fully cooked, very nutritious uh, meals for people who need it. And it's the, the food is from distributors, food distributors that have overordered and there's, you know, the clock is ticking. So rather than throwing food away, they go out, load up trucks, not just drop off raw food, but actually cook the, the meals and then take them out and distribute them. It's a fantastic organization that we'll be hearing a lot more about in the future. So Very my cool. shout out to the chefs and the charitable organization as a whole. Very, very cool. What were they, uh, it's fight to, what is it, Steve? So the, the organization, the charity wing of it is called Fight to Feed. Okay. And then Culinary Fight Club is the competition arm, exactly. right? Exactly. What were they competing? What were they cooking? Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> I did uh, a couple of different tastings. And I think it was about 10,000 calories because it was sauces and cheese and such. But I was doing anything from, uh, they were doing tenderloin and lobster with uh, bisque sauce on top. Whoa. And I'm talking one bite, but just unbelievable. Um, pastas, uh, there was uh, a, a couple from Wisconsin and they did, I, I'm not gonna give a, it's, it's proper due, but they were meatballs made from bratwurst meat in beer and cheddar and it was just it was like a taste explosion. it was like it was like going to a football game and taking everything that you would think from a football game and eating it all at the same time it was fantastic i saw on her website and i'm gonna have to ask this of her when she gets on the show they have like an egg cookout and you know i got a big green egg and i'm obsessed with it now uh -huh. and it's not in chicago otherwise i've wanted to do a little rib cook off but they said 60 minutes it takes me like six hours to do my ribs <laughs> but they have a big green egg cook off I'm in. Well, when, when she's here with us, you can ask her because the organization itself is so uh, creative in how they, they use the culinary uh, talents of people to help in a charitable way, but also in a commercial way. I, I mean, I'm talking a lot about the charity, but the event itself was super fun. Uh, and it was just from station to station to station and there was a DJ, and there was a blackjack table, and I mean, it was, just, it was a party. It was, really was a party, it was Very a lot cool. of fun. So while I was there working, we'll go with working, um, <laughs> I was also eating and enjoying the, a couple of libations and some music and talking with some really great people. So we both got fat over the weekend. <laughs> we we well, both need to take a little bit of a diet. More than the other, I think. I, I gained sure. 12 pounds. I weighed Ooh. myself right before I went, and I weighed myself this morning. It was 12 pounds heavier. I got one workout in, and then after that, I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> so I got I to gotta shed 12. Um, we got some shout-outs already, and then we're going to get into our guest. We got Bree 
Um, just a heads up, John is hard to hear. Um, she also said, yay, Tim Frank. Um, and then Maggie <laughs> said, go get him, guys. Um, and that's a perfect bump and set for our first guest, who's the owner and creator of Foxhole Creative. And he's going to be telling us about the Great American Lobster Fest, which I'm so bummed I'm missing because I'm going to be gone Labor Day weekend. Uh, but it's like the per- this is the perfect food episode. It really John. is. This is perfect. So thanks for coming on, Tim. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about both. Tell us about Foxhole and then the Great American Lobster Fest. Yeah. So Foxhole Creative is a creative production company, um, sort of all-encompassing uh, video, audio, events, and um, design as a whole. Um, so uh, what we do is all of those things and specifically with more on the creative production and helping brands activate at various festivals and, you know, set up their booths in their areas and come up with neat sort of uh, cool ways to uh, activate their brand. Um, And uh, sort of a branch, uh, how we sort of branched off uh, is uh, doing our own event as well, which is the Great American Lobster Fest. And this is our fifth year at Navy Pier, um, Labor Day weekend, um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, August 31, September 1st, September 2nd. And um, we, uh, yeah, we've we've been there since 2014. And uh, basically it, it all came about, you know, a lot of people, you know, think lobster in the Midwest, like, what are you, what are you doing? That's crazy. Um, and that's sort of why, why we liked it. Um, yeah. You know, so let's do something uh, that... Um, is is a little um, more or less common and bring something to people uh, that they can't get. And so it sort of it sort of started years and years ago when my friends and I used to throw a Fourth of July fish fry. And then I started working with other events and festivals. And one day I was like, hey, I think we can do this ourselves. And I um, met our partners at Green Curtain Events, and we sort of teamed up, and together we created. The Great American Lobster Fest. I love it. I'm a big lobster fan. I, if, if you had to ask me what my favorite type of food is, it would be seafood. Do you have a favorite seafood spot? Or that's probably a loaded question. Do you have a couple? Yeah, I do. Well, when it comes to Chicago specifically, Chicago, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, uh, Devon's Seafood. Have okay. you been there? Yeah. yeah, they're probably my favorite. Um, and there is um, oh, this little place on Montrose where you can get unlimited. Crab legs. Uh, crab legs. You know yep. what I'm talking about? Yes, the, yes. The king um, crab. Yep. It's, um, it's uh, slipping my mind, too, because I've been t- there. It's my tongue, but it's like a diner. No. Yeah, it's like a little diner. Oh, God. This we'll gonna think bug, of it. It's gonna bu- we'll think of it because it's going to bug we'll me think a, of a it. ton. Um, we'll, we'll think of it. How about Bob? Have you been to Bob Chin's? Bob Chin's. In Wheeling. In Wheeling. It's probably um, my favorite restaurant. I think I have. Yeah, no, actually, I haven't. You but haven't. a good you friend of mine, go. Dave Langley, told me about Bob Chin's, and he said, we've got to go there. It's amazing because it's he flies in food fresh almost every day, and he's got his tickets up on the walls. you walk in so you can see it. And it's very casual dining. So you go in there, and you're like, this looks like a very casual spot. And then you get the menu, and everything's really expensive. But it's amazing. It's my it's my go to every birthday. So when family would be like, "Where do you want to go?" I'm like, "Bob Chin's." Bob Chins. It's amazing. That's what I hear. I gotta yeah, go. Really, really good. Just out in the suburbs. Um, and the Great American Lobster Fest is not just in Chicago, right? You guys are in a couple different locations. Yeah. Now? So this year, for the first year, we branched out. Um, we teamed up with Lobster Graham, which okay. they're the presenting sponsors, and they sort of helped us um, be able to sort of stretch our legs. And so we did it in Omaha earlier this year. Cool. Which is kind of a, a crazy story there. And then we're doing it here in Chicago in uh, just about a week, and then in Detroit uh, two weeks after that. Very cool. Um, yeah. So it's our first years uh, uh, branching out, and in Omaha. 
it was kind of crazy. We did it uh, during Fourth of July weekend, and our park flooded. The river overflowed, and so we had to move it last minute. Whoa! Yeah, um, and that was pretty pretty crazy. Pretty much a scramble. So we ended up in a parking lot, essentially. Uh, in the Horseshoe Casino. Uh, I bet it was like still conventions. fun. It was definitely still fun, you know, but it was uh, uh, a higher stress situation than, yeah. than normal. But we still pulled it off and everybody, you know, came together to make it happen. The team that, that I work with, with the Great American Lobster Fest is, is unmatched. Um, they're all awesome and, and uh, it's, 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 a pretty, it's a pretty good, great thing to be a part of. Um, you're not going to have a near river in Detroit then. You guys learned that lesson, I'm guessing. No, yeah, it's, it still is, uh, on, it is on the water there. But, you know, it's a little different, uh, so it's not as low. So I think it'll be all good. Very, yeah. very cool. And when's uh, Detroit? So that's September 14th, 15th, and okay. 16th. So yeah. quick turnaround from yeah, Chicago. Yeah, just two weeks after. Very cool. Um, how many vendors are going to be in Chicago? So uh, from, a, from a food st- standpoint yeah. or... Overall, you're probably we're probably talking about 25 different vendors, but food specifically, um, you know, we have everything we self cater with Lobster Graham okay. as the sort of cool. main source for all the lobster items, and then you've got uh, about four or five others. Uh, there's gonna be churros too, and there's lots of land food. Uh, we call it land food, but yeah. you know, for people who don't like seafood, um, <clears throat> you've got um, uh, barbecue, smoked ribs, uh, elotes, wow. corn on the cob, and Lots of different, you know, chicken and different options as well. So something for everybody. And that's a busy, busy um, weekend at Navy Pier because that's the end of the fireworks, right? That's right. Like yeah. Saturday's so Saturday the is the is the final fireworks show, the Aeon fireworks show. Yeah. So you can uh, watch it at the end of the pier. We sort of take over the end of Navy Pier Very cool. and in the Grand Ballroom. So indoor, outdoor. So just in case you know it rains, you, you can still party on. Very cool. I lived in Streeterville at 512 McClurg, and I used to watch the fireworks every Wednesday and Saturday night from yeah, Memorial Day to Labor perfect. Day. I always knew that was kind of the end of it. Um, so that's going to be a packed, packed house. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Especially Saturday. Hopefully, yeah. awesome. so, and, and it's free, too, so you can just it show is. up and then buy your food and beverage tickets there, decide what you want to eat when that's you get cool. there. Or you can get a VIP ticket, which is definitely the way to go, or sort of secure your lobster meal. Uh, or there's a thing called the Lobster Hero Feast, which is all you can eat. Uh, whole lobster uh, wow. for a three-hour period. Yeah, that's it's pretty it's pretty nuts. You get so. some crazy eaters showing up oh, for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So always a good time. For sure. I'm so bummed. I'm gonna miss it. John, are you going to it? I'm absolutely going to it. All right, I'm, good. I'm bummed. I'm absolutely gonna be there. John? To... Can you hear John better, guys? Yeah, I don't know if they can hear you, John. John says he's absolutely going. I'm um, absolutely going. You'll have to go live from Wheelhouse while you're there, and I do a little. Do that. Sure. Um, I see your play. You played a little bit of a promo there. I mean, I'm yeah. delayed a little bit, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's very, very cool. I'm bummed I'm not going to be there this year. I'm racing uh, Labor Day weekend, so I definitely can't make it. John, are we putting up a link of how to get tickets and information too? We have been uh, putting some things out. We're going to do a segment or two. I'm not sure if I can be heard. I can, I can see myself. Uh, can't hear John. Frown face. So we're going to put out a segment or two. I'll just kind of reiterate what you're saying. We are. Uh, so yes, I'm gonna I'm going to uh, make sure to put out a segment or two with a uh, link to the to the fest website and ticket site. Very cool. Um, so yeah, we're gonna put out some uh, segments with some links. So for those of you watching, whether you're in Chicago or the suburbs, come out to the Great American Lobster Fest. Um, obviously, a lot of awesome food, and it's a pretty cool event. Um, let's touch on Foxhole Creative. So when did that start? So yeah, Foxhole Creative um, technically started in 2012, um, and 
I used to sort of have this old coach house with a big garage and I lived above it and it was just for me to practice with my band and then I built a voiceover studio because I'm a devil in the acting and music world and you know uh, it was a larger area and after a while people started saying hey can I rent your space you know to rehearse um, our play or whatever whatever it might be and so I saw that there was a need for that so yeah. Eventually, we moved out, found our storefront where we are now in Lincoln Square and, um, you know, sort of said, you know, let's sort of start backwards, get a space first and we can rent it out to sort of help subsidize everything, help help, help pay for everything. And yeah. then, you know, we'll slowly add on to what our services are. And yeah. this is when we started adding video, audio and, and different sort of uh, creative production elements. Very cool. So offering. it was just kind of out of a need. You were doing that space. People started asking and then the business kind of came about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sort of um, answer, give the people what they want was yeah. the sort of situation. And uh, that's, yeah, we, we it's, it's sort of interesting because it's hard to sort of uh, pigeon point or you know pigeonhole what we do exactly to one thing um uh but we're, we're sort of okay with that and that's yeah. why we sort of label it as creative production um because it seems like in today's world you can't really just do one thing and not why anymore. not i mean technology enables us to do multiple things and yeah um so yeah that's sort of yeah they you know the average millionaire they say has seven streams of income so you guys have s several different streams of revenue coming there you in. go not um, quite a millionaire but, but <laughs> on, on your way um i love your website and we were just talking about that it's it's fun it's sarcastic you know you guys uh you guys have like sarcastic little clippets about yourselves so it was pretty Thanks. neat um, and, and shout out to brie bab for that from bab creative she helped us with that and um, she's awesome for your design needs and website needs. Yeah, but she's a fan. She's she's watching us yes. and telling us John. She can't hear John, so uh, thank you. Can Bray. you hear John now? Test John, test test uh, your mic. Working on it. John, two, John's over there two. trying to figure his mic out. That's fine. We're not going to talk to you anymore, John. <laughs> we're done. We're done with you <laughs> for the rest on, of the day. Um, one upping shout outs. Now you're done. I pulled your mic. Um, very cool. So it started as event planning or event rental space. How did it evolve into what it is today? You just kind of found each person you were working with had a unique need, and then you guys evolved into kind of what Foxhole is today? Yeah, sort of. You know, our main offering, I would say, is our video production work, and I've had a passion for video work since when I started playing in my band and making our own videos back in, like, 2008 and probably even before that when we'd make funny, stupid little videos when, you know in the in the late 90s right like yeah. uh with with my friends and stuff and so it, it it's interesting like it it started to be become let's offer the different things based on the people we're working with and who are part of our collective as we call yeah. it and um and it sort of evolved that way i started freelancing and working with different various creative agencies uh in new york city one of which uh mother um and that sort of sort of found a passion for the creative production side of things aside from video um, and to say, you know, we really want to work with brands to sort of um, help them Im implement sort of their experiential marketing wing. And so while we won't say we'll necessarily an agency because we work with a lot of agencies and yeah. um, you know, we, we like to go that direction. We want to go that direction is to help a brand, um, you know, create videos or uh, content or, um, experiences for uh you know consumers to enjoy at various events video marketing has become such a 
big thing. I was talking to a guy recently and he was at a wedding I was at and one of my friends introduced this and said, um, you know, he's an entrepreneur and I was like, what do you do? And he said, you know, I run paintball events. And I mm. said, that's kind of cool. Like, what do you do with it? He goes, well, we put out all these clips and these videos after the paintball events and we run some live videos from our events. He goes, we've gotten so many viewers to our paintball events and our videos that YouTube like writes them $10,000 checks like constantly. So oh, wow. yeah. he, another weird thing he did, not weird, but it's, um, smart everything's a data play he had had everybody who subscribed sign up for discounts with different paintball organizations and then sold the email list for four million bucks which is crazy wow because all these different companies that needed um to sell to people who were interested in this in paintballing and the sport were buying all these emails yeah and i was like wow it's so so awesome and it all came from creative video marketing and i was like crazy. Wow, i didn't even know you could do that I yeah you couldn't sell emails so you have <laughs> to be able to disclose properly that you are going to use their emails for you know secondary marketing sure we sure. have a tech startup and we had we hired a law firm out of louisiana to just make sure that all of our disclosures were right, good so proper, we wouldn't get yeah. sued but everything's like a data play now so he just said hey we kind of fell upon this and we had this huge email list and somebody told us that we can sell this email list but we have to be able disclose properly to him apparently he did and sold the list for four million bucks wow i was like holy smokes but i love i love how much videos evolved so you were saying like in the 90s you were doing goofy videos and um i don't know how goofy they were sure fun or not um like funny stuff i don't know if it was like the jackass type stuff where you guys were just messing around sometimes yeah sometimes yeah yeah and then evolved and but video has become technologically so advanced and so sharp you can do so much stuff i mean i've watched john do some stuff on here um you know that's that's awesome you know he can integrate video into a live stream have you wirelessly yeah yeah have you um have have you really appreciated the growth of video marketing in that sense yeah absolutely easier And, and you know it's 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 interesting because I think it's never going to go away. You know, video is only going to keep becoming more and more uh, the way, the best way to get your message out there. Uh, and people, you know, these days our, our attention spans and whatnot, we don't necessarily want to read as much, it seems. Right. You know, you're scrolling on Facebook or Instagram, you want to watch a video, look at a picture, um, get the message that way. And I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere. But, you know, when it, from a technology standpoint, you have people who... Uh, are graduating from uh, different colleges or online courses and new videographers coming out sort of like flooding the market. There's, you can look left and right and any, any, most anybody's got a camera these days, you know? And so uh, certainly on your phone you do. And so it it really becomes about how do you approach the process differently and how can you say, yeah, we we can make you a, a video uh, for you or commercial for you to run on social media uh, but then at Foxhole, we try not to then just like leave you with that. We want to then say, all right, well, what's next? How right. do we turn this into more of a campaign and how do we help you distribute it? How do we help you uh, run it on Facebook or run it on Google ads or whatnot? So that's sort of how we hope to differentiate our services. It's not like we'll come up with a great concept, a cool video for you, we'll produce it, cast it, whatever it might be and 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 complete it. But hey, let's not stop here let's also work together to sort of help you distribute it what's next a series of videos because you know as you guys know you have to stay on top with the content that you're putting out and making sure that you're you know 
not sort of one and dunning it. Yeah. You know, it's consistent about consistency. engagement. Yeah. yeah. And that the whole interesting move now, f- like to move into social media marketing, Facebook, uh, you know, clicks and ads. I know at a real estate company, we had a Google team of, um, advertisers. So we do some pay-per-click and we do some Facebook marketing. It's crazy how advanced Facebook itself is getting with the, uh, with just online ads in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's awesome that you guys do that. Cause like you said, it's gotten to become somewhat saturated having a ton of people. Like you said, everybody has access to video creation. Um, and it's awesome that you guys set yourselves apart and actually help people once they have the video, figure out what to do with it. Because I feel like a lot of people who haven't looked into Google ads and Facebook marketing, A, are nervous about it, and B, just definitely don't know where to spend the money, and then they're wasting a crap ton of money. Totally. Yeah, that's. I, I feel like I, I've had a couple of people reach out and say, hey, you guys do decent stuff on Facebook, and you know we want to do Facebook marketing. I'm like, do a little bit of research or hire someone like you guys, because you might be paying them to help you with it, but you're going to waste a shit ton of money just trying to figure it out by yourself. Right. Um, just throwing an ad up and hoping it works. Right. And then in, in that way, it's not like, oh, we've we've spent this money to make this video. Now what? We're able we're able to say, look, we're we're turning this into sales for you that is right. trackable. You know, um, that's the hopes of sort of the, this distributing online, right? And right. even if people still want to do, you know, TV play, uh, which is not you know necessarily dead. Um, um, you know, we, 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 we can help with that too. You know, what do you think of that? Cause I, like I was listening, I think it was Gary V was, uh, doing his thing and I, I, I like Gary V, but sometimes he gets crazy aggressive, but he was talking, I think about a subway campaign where they did a TV ad and he was yelling about how by spending all the money they spent on the TV ad, they could have really got a much better reach on social media. Yeah. And he was saying how they, he thought they wasted their money. Um, what do you see still works on TV? I, I think, well, to, to talk on that, I think that most people are gearing now towards, especially when it comes to events and things, is, is spending all of their marketing dollars on social media, right? Yeah. So when it comes to Lobster Fest, Nick at Green Curtain Events and, and, and his team sort of manage the, the marketing aspects of it. And most of our dollars go towards uh, online spends and social media spends. Um, but when it comes to TV uh, and there's still being validity there, I think there is because... There's, it's not just like, hey, you can have a commercial play uh, on a channel that is just regular TV, but there's also some now integration with DVR and, you know, when you watch something on uh, on demand, you know, it makes you watch the ad before yeah. you can yeah, skip yeah. ahead. So there is a lot of different ways to approach it. And I still think it's important. I mean, it's still, I yeah. still find myself watching TV, even pre-recorded TV yeah. and watching the commercials. And when it comes to if you're like, yes, we do want to hit TV because there is still a huge market, obviously there, you can still target it based on, you know, what channels, uh, is your mark, is your market inclined to watch more over so than other channels. And that's what digital TV allows us to do is to say, no, we'll play this one on TNT and TBS, but you know, the history channel or whatever, you know? Um, but I still think that there is definitely validity in, in TV. It just becomes how now do you catch, their eye. How do you get them not to fast forward it if right. they DVR'd it, right? How do you get them to not turn it down if you're watching live TV, right? Right. So then it becomes if you're going online and or if you're going on TV, even almost more so than social media. That how do you how, how do you hook them right in those first three right. seconds, right, with whatever your ad is? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right because I mean, <laughs> drives me nuts when I have to watch because yeah, with some of the new DVRs and some of the shows, you have to actually watch the 
commercials. I'm like, damn it, I'm used to fast forwarding. Yeah. Like, you can't fast forward this. But I feel like, I don't know what I was watching recently. I think it was like a Mountain Dew commercial that played. I think I was watching like a, um, I don't know, a series that had just completed. So I was trying to watch them back to back. And every time would start, I had to watch the same damn Mountain Dew commercial. But I was like, hey, by the end of it, I could recite the damn thing. They must have spent a fortune because you had no choice but to watch that commercial right. with every single episode. Um, and I'm guessing that was very pricey. But it was that same re repetition. I would have probably never seen that ad as many times as I did if I saw it on social media. Because I, I wouldn't have listened to it. I would have seen it once. And I've been like, okay, that's great. But now for 12 episodes, I'm like... Damn it! It's like Dale Earnhardt Jr. and I forget who else was in it. It was just over and over and over again. Yeah. I was stuck watching it. Yeah, wasn't it the dude from uh, HBO? Eastbound East and Down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That yeah. was um, I forget Andy. which show I was watching, Andy. and I was stuck seeing that every single episode. I don't know what it was. It was one of the shows I was watching on Netflix or uh, on DVR. Um, what do you think the? And this is a loaded question because I guess it depends on what sort of video marketing you're doing. But what's the attention span? People say sometimes like, you know, 60 seconds. You got the Instagram went from 10 seconds to 60 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I think 30, you're around eight seconds. Eight, really? I mean, you know, you're still going to shoot for a 15 or 30 second spot, right? But, you know, yeah. You better I mean, hook them fast. They say, yeah, six to eight seconds or they're, they're, they're moving on. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Hook them fast and then hopefully they'll watch... John, 30. we gotta do some crazy shit in the first eight seconds from now on. We got eight <laughs> yeah, seconds yeah, to do yeah. crazy dumb shit before yeah. people stop listening to Absolutely. us, other than Maggie and your mom. <laughs> Those are the only two people that watch us for more than eight seconds. Um, the um, that whole eight second thing that that to me is astonishing. That it's you got kind of eight seconds to hook somebody and then you kind of lose their attention span. Do you find that a lot of Facebook ads, and I'm almost just learning this from you now, and I'm probably going to call you after this and talk to you about it a little more in depth. Do you find that a lot of, you know, kind of the scrolling on, you know, your homepage Facebook ads go wasted because somebody's just not clicking to listen to it, and you almost need like kind of a visual hook as well? Because like I, I'm, if I scroll through my news feed, I'll see, you know, a bunch of videos, but I don't actually end up clicking. Clicking. So do you almost need like a visual hook as well? Oh, well, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you want that first image to stop them right. right and what is that it really depends and it depends on your market the product or service or whatever it is you're marketing and who that uh, ad is being targeted to you know so but yeah 100 percent. you know we always say with lobster fest we 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 default to a big cooked red lobster there's something about it that everybody is drawn to um and so we try to lead with that in a lot of our marketing efforts um with just like here's a big sexy tasty red lobster yeah and that will kind of make people oh. stop scrolling sometimes you know? stop, unless, stop me unless you don't like seafood then you're uh, crazy yeah then you're crazy um you know what video i still always think was one of the catchiest videos uh was that dollar shave club video yeah the guy kind of like shaved and talked about his grandpa and he like threw shit out of the way and it was like i hadn't ever seen anything like it until he did it and then you saw a bunch of different people trying to kind of replicate that sure. and that was one of my favorite most catchy kind of seemed like a low budget video um and i just I, like i spoke to somebody about video marketing a couple of years ago for our company and he's like what do you like what do you want to do that's catchy like give shoot me a video and i shot that to him and he's like yeah that's they're really funny and that was a really well written script that yeah. just caught on um 
Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, those those stuff. were kind of catchy for a little while. We got a couple people commenting. By the way, if you guys want me to ask Tim any questions, go ahead and comment away. Yeah. Um, we got Alex uh, Farher saying, I'm watching. Lawrence Dunning, who watches a lot, says, talking of food, Mo, no more Bob Chins for you. Screw you, Lawrence. <laughs> True Food Kitchen should be your new spot, organic and clean, perfect for your new diet. No, no thanks, buddy. I'm going to do once a month of Bob Chins still. Um, your event hosting space. Tell me more about that because I know I got a lot of people from the Chicago Association of Realtors who watch and I got a lot of buddies that uh, host real estate related events. Yeah. Um, it's so, cool looking space. So yeah, so at our at our space when we're not using it for our own various shoots or meetings or whatever, we rent it out. So thefoxhole.com if you want to check it out okay. um, and look at, look, at, look at various photos. But yeah, it's, it's a smaller, more intimate space, you know, seating, uh, if it's a seated event, more presentational or even tables, like 40 or 50 people, but a standing event's more like 100. And then we have a nice little courtyard, backyard outside where, you know, there's hanging lights and you can do fire pits and stuff. So people have even done smaller weddings. But all of our Very things cool. are invite only, um, private events. Um, we don't do open to the public events. It, it's sort of like for, you know, Companies. realtors yeah. getting together to have a holiday party, whatever it might be. Um, and uh, and then it's also great sort of uh, when it comes to needing to do a workshop or teach a class. You know, we've got all the AV equipment that you would need and projectors and, you know, uh, all that good stuff and tables and chairs. And now there's a little kitchen in there. We just did a renovation last year. Um, so we're hoping to do more. We've done some, but we're hoping to do sort of underground uh, pop-up dinners. More oh, of those. Cool. Um, again, invite only. Yeah. Um, sort sort of things but we've had we've had a couple events where we'll have a chef come in yeah and he's cooking there and you can see him cooking uh or her uh cooking and uh then you know it's very intimate bring the food out yeah different courses stuff like that so can, uh, can people cater in right now yeah, yeah you can bring your own food, food you can bring drinks. your own chef you can cook you can you know BYOB, whatever. Very uh, cool. Yeah. Those pop-up events are getting really popular. Yeah. They're popping up, popping up a lot and getting really, really popular. I've seen a couple of them. I haven't visited any this year, but I see people going to them on Instagram, social media constantly. It's becoming a big thing. Are you guys doing anything with the pop-up type events, helping host those things? or uh, Sometimes, sometimes. I mean, it, again, it, the, the events that would happen at Foxhole, you wouldn't actually really hear about them necessarily yeah. unless you're invited. So... Yeah, so it's not like pop-up events, sell a ticket, come to this um, ticketed, ticketed event. That's yeah. not the direction we're hoping to go. It's more like, hey, we're doing this thing. It's unique. It's different. It's in this 100-year-old building, and yeah. you know, come check it out, uh, but because you're invited. Yeah. <laughs> did you have a marketing background before you got into this? Or I, was I didn't. My, my background actually is in acting and theater, uh, and then you know, I, I realized you know, pretty, pretty early on that like, yeah, I'll still always do the acting things. And I've had some success, Chicago fire, Chicago med. And oh, nice. I, I got a movie on HBO and stuff. So like, look at that. Yeah. Some stuff. I, this guy's even, autograph. I didn't tell you about it. No, 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 not like that. John, I'm starstruck. But, you didn't tell us, but I, I realized early on, like, you you know, you can't just rely, you can't just do one yeah. thing. And so I want to do other things and I found a passion for this and, and why not? You know, yeah. if you feel you're just sitting around all day waiting for an audition or, working on your craft or whatever it might be. So, you know, why not do other things? And I found just as much excitement and joy out of creating yeah. things. And when it comes to like, 
you know, managing events or these activations at other events or whatever. Like I like seeing how you affect someone else, you know, that, that brings me joy seeing that like someone's coming to lobster fest and having a great fucking time and eating an awesome lobster roll and loving it. You know, I love that, that, then that's why we do it and why most people on my team do it. You know, the, the money or anything that comes for it is sort of secondary. That's awesome. You know, um, yeah. It's awesome that you had kind of a passion for, I mean, acting in a sense too, you're acting and you're hoping that somebody really enjoys what you're doing in your work product. And hoping and, that you touch them too. Yeah. And the character you're portraying is like, it can sort of affect them, but yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's cool to see that kind of dynamic and what you want move into now the successful business that, like you said, was kind of a secondary thought, but your, your strengths kind of led you that way. Cause John, and I have a lot of different business owners like you on, and I always ask the question, you know, did you always want to be an entrepreneur and eight out of 10 say yes. And then there's a couple people and I'm guessing you're kind of like that where you weren't like, Oh my God, I want to go be a business owner. That wasn't like your first passion, right? Well, I, it, you know, it's, it's sort of all overlapped in this sort of world of wanting to, uh, do lots of different things. And yeah. maybe that's sort of how acting is over encompassing. I want to play different characters. Well, yeah. I want to be different people my whole life. I want to wear different hats my whole life. And because it was exciting, you know, and I think early on, one of the first uh, entrepreneurial type things that I did was I started this detailing company with my uh, good buddy, Jacob, uh, Jacob Daniel back in the day. And we'd go around and detail your car. Right. And we were called kingdom detailing. And there was different like, services are different like you know there was the silver platter or the like the royal treatment or whatever and it was different sort of things and we, i remember one time we went around th- you know passing out flyers and someone finally called us because normally we'd just like wash our parents friends cars and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that but then someone finally calls us and so we go over and we detailed their van and you know sh- they, they were like so kingdom detailing like kingdom like the kingdom of of christ and me and jacob just kind of looked at each other and we were like yeah, 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 sure. Absolutely. You got no, it. and, and not, that that, not that it wouldn't be, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah. And that's not why we called it that. But it was a funny situation because we both just like, it literally was straight out of a sitcom. We both look at each other and almost at the same time, we're like, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's exactly the thought. Yeah. How'd you guess? <laughs> that's, but that kind of makes you really want to be an entrepreneur. I mean, going out and doing kind of the detailing thing on the side. And, and I guess I'm a little bit like you in that, I was pre-med. I didn't want to do it. Went to law school, got out, uh, got a real estate license. Then that was a business now tech and we're John and I are doing this. And I just always feel like similar to you. I just want to wear different hats. I get very bored doing yeah. the same thing every single day. And I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs are like that. They start off with one business and they're like, well, I want to do something else or I get to whether it's successful or not. I'm bored now in that kind of wearing that hat. I want to go try to do something else well. Absolutely. Which is awesome. Are you a car guy? Because most people don't just start detailing unless they're kind of car guys. Yeah. I mean, I was always into, I'm younger, way before I had my license, I was into go-karts and like dirt bikes. And, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess sort of, yeah. sort of a car guy, uh, more, more with bikes, um, right. I would say, but, but yeah, I appreciate a good car show. 
Yeah, I uh, well, I drove go karts g- oh, growing nice. up, and go karts kind of got me into racing. Yeah, most most people don't know this, but I'm like, hey, I used to drive go karts. They used to assume like, oh, you went to Wisconsin Dells and did like <laughs> like the go karts. Yeah, like, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. These go karts go really, really fast. Sure. You know, like shifter carts. Yeah, or, like yeah shifter yeah, carts yeah. and stuff. So I was a big fan of motorsports, and that's kind of my big passion now. Um, but yeah, anytime somebody tells me, you know, they did detailing, and I had a lot of car buddies that were doing detailing, I'm like, they gotta be car people. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you that should. was I just think because we figured out how to wash and wax cars pretty good. Yeah, so we're like, let's go do this, and then we'll have money, and we can go to the movies or whatever. It wasn't too God told you? Yeah, it wasn't God Kingdom. Yes, it was God. It was God. Yes, that and because I really wanted a pair of Jinkos, and my parents would never buy me any. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go detail that van. Yeah, buy a pair of Jinkos. Get some. Get some shoes that light up. Yeah, because. Uh, Never had those. Now they're everywhere. Um, some mm-hmm. pumps. When um, when did you start acting? I, I took an acting class or two. John, I don't know. Oh if you yeah, that. but I took one or two. My aunt lives in Studio City in L.A. and she always used to tell my mom like, "Have him come out and act." My dad's like, "Fuck that! He's mm-hmm. going to school and he's going to go to medical school and he's not going out to L.A." So my mom, he, my dad had refused. He's like, "I'm not putting him in any acting classes." My mom's yeah. like, "I'm putting him in acting classes." So I took a couple, but I was really, really young, and then I just kind of died out because my dad's like, "You are not sending you anywhere. You're staying here and going it, to school." It was early, you know. I think the earliest, the earliest thing I can remember is making these videos with my friends, um, almost in elementary school, and we did. We called it the Goonies, and it was like a weird, like sort of play on, on, this like redneck kids and funny shots jumping into pools and stuff like that. And then one time we tried to put on a play in my friend's backyard and we we took the monkey bars and set up sheets and like had curtains and everything. And we sold a couple kids in the, in the neighborhood tickets for like a quarter each to come see us. And we did our play for them. And then one of these girls that we sold a ticket to for 25 cents or whatever it was, comes over their mother comes over and demands that we give the money back no to way. the little girl and i'm sitting here being like wait we just put on this sh- crazy show for them you know and there was like four people from the neighborhood who came and watched our play you know what i mean and i'm like so here i felt as an, a young entrepreneur like i gave her some worth this is bullshit man yeah. like we put on a show and we charged 25 cents for it and she paid for it and, and there's she no damn enjoyed refunds. it yeah and there's no damn refunds no uh but then I think it was, you know, my brother Eric, I think, was an influence early on. He was in, um, uh, he's an older, my older brother Eric, he, he was in theater in middle school. And then I signed up uh, to take the same drama classes with uh, Brad Siegel, was our drama teacher, awesome guy. Um, and uh, that's kind of how I, I originally got into it. Then I went to an arts high school, then went to DePaul, the theater school here, and that's what brought me to Chicago. Very cool. Were you originally from around here? No, originally Florida. I uh, okay. grew up in Fruit Cove, Florida is the town. Just uh, basically basically Jacksonville, okay. kind of St. Augustine. Um, and yeah, there's a really good art school there called Douglas Anderson School of the Arts. And then, you know, auditioned for colleges uh, like you do and ended up here. That's a pretty cool... Your, your transition from doing acting into you know having a coach house with people renting space, musicians renting space, to having it become a business, John, I think is one of the coolest transitions into a business that we've had on here because it's almost like you, you took a passion and you, you kind of kept with it, kept with it, found a need, and then took that need and made that a successful business, which is cool because it's been interesting for me to have a bunch of different people on and see how they've kind of fallen into 
where they're at. Mine was more out of a necessity. I mean, I got out of law school. There were no jobs. So I was like, well, I'm not going to take a $35,000 job. So I'm just going to open my law firm sure. and try to make it work. And then I had to get a second job because that sucked for the first couple of years. So I got a real estate license. So everything was out of necessity, not so much out of passion. I'm passionate now about it. Um, but I love seeing kind of like a passion turn into a business. Um, any other um, events coming up? So what's what's the plan next year for Lobster, uh, the Great American Lobster Fest? Are you guys going to keep the three cities or are you going to, now that yeah. you've expanded, try to expand some more? Yeah, I think the hope would be to continue to build it. I, I think, you know, it's maybe a little too early to say. I think that we need to get through this year and uh, in the fall sort of reevaluate and look at how everything went and see if this is a, a model that is um, tourable, if you will. Yeah. And... Um, and go from there. But I think it's cool. You know, we want to keep, um, do, you know, doing, doing, doing this festival in places that are not by an ocean on right. purpose, you yeah. know, like let's do something different. Let's fly this lobster in, in lots of big cities all across the U S and see how it goes. But I think time will tell Nashville, maybe a couple of things. Yeah. Nashville's on the list, you know, Colorado's on the list. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee's on the list. Uh, uh, Austin's on the list. San Antonio's on the list. All um, cool spots. It's a big list. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, all, no. all cool spots there. I mean, it's like. I'm from Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. you're. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go out for any of them. Uh, never turn down some lobster. But, you know, John and I help out with this. Uh, it's off camera so you can't see it we got that real estate rumble belt there and we we help out with the real estate rumble which is a chicago-based real estate charity and um cotter who's uh it's actually just above us his office um he runs it and we went to la last year and it was it was it was the first year they had gone outside of chicago and it was it was a tough you know they went there and you have to kind of get a local influencer and get hooked up with the local area. And then now they're going back a second time and it's, it's going to be much better this year and they're expanding to Miami. But it was like that first year that we went outside of Chicago. We're like, Oh, like you guys had, there's so many different things that you didn't expect to plan for. And now you do. And then I think this year, the second year going out of Chicago is probably going to get easier. For sure. Them. Sure. Yeah. They say, I mean, the first year in any new market is the hardest for Tough, sure. And yeah. then you've made the relationships and, you know, with the various vendors and partners that you might work with locally. And then the hopes is that it gets easier. Yeah. hope hope it gets easier and yeah. you don't have any floods happening when you show yeah. up. Um, how about Foxhole? Any, any cool, anything coming up, any events, anything that you guys want to share with people? Um, any kind of, as far news? as events, we actually produce uh, ourselves. Lobster Fest is really the, the, big. the baby now. Um, and the main, the main, the main thing. I think that, you know, we might be doing an expo soon, which is our own internal sort of cool. event where we invite uh, partners, uh, clients, whatever, uh, 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 various uh, people that we know to come and check out the space and mingle. Uh, so that might be coming up in the fall. Um, so if you're really interested in that and you know these guys somehow and you and you want to come, then I guess you can get on the invite, invite list. list. Yeah, Look um, at that, everybody listening, wow. especially you got to go through John and I. Yeah, you got to, no yeah. Kidding. Um, but, uh, but no, it's a lot of fun. And, um, so the, the expo, we didn't do one last year because we had, we were doing our renovations. And so this will be our, our five year anniversary in our space. Congratulations. Uh, as well as the lobster fest is five years. It sort of Congrats. just worked out that way. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we'll probably do something like that. But when it comes to other projects we're working on, uh, from a video standpoint, we're doing uh, a video for the Illinois Supreme court historic preservation commission. 
Wow. So yeah, it's, it's a mouthful. It's, it's, it's a big name. Um, and so basically, they're all about you know preserving old files and showing how they're applicable today. And oh, cool. Um, and which is super important in today's sort of everything that's going on. Yeah. And you know, let's not forget about what happened back then. Yeah. Uh, you know, moving forward and reexamining cases and talking about how important uh, understanding the history of decisions yeah uh especially from an educational standpoint like making sure that our youth understand how we got to where we are yeah and 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 knowing the facts especially in a world of um uh, all the fake news yeah and 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 uh all alternative facts that, that there are so um so yeah it's a cool project we're happy to be a part of it it's an ongoing thing we're we're getting the opportunity to interview um justices judges big lawyers uh, we just interviewed uh, President uh, Senate President Cullerton today wow. this morning. So yeah, it was super great, and it's just really uh, insightful and uh, um, pretty awesome to be able to sort of be in the room with these people that are super smart. Yeah. You know, uh, so much more well spoken than I could ever be, and, <laughs> yeah. and learn about you know the importance of understanding uh, everything that we've learned from a legal standpoint leading up to now in this state and the country as a whole. The attorney geek in me really loves that. I think that's really cool. And I agree. It's, there's so much fake news and interpreted facts. So, you know, somebody takes a set of facts and then interprets them however the hell they want to (laughs) interpret them. And then that almost becomes like the new fact, you know, people take that as a new fact when it's completely different than, and as long as it turns into something that you're like, yeah, I like that. Like that's the fact. Then it's shared a million times on social media and then it's definitely the fact. And it's kind of, it's like the game of telephone, the original story, 300,000 shares on is a completely different story. So that's neat. That's a very cool project. Um, any tips for entrepreneurs? You know, John and I always kind of uh, put out these tips, and it's been interesting hearing it from people um, who've been on the show. So, anything you want to kind of share as a kind yeah? Of I mean, tip? I guess if I if I uh, being a young entrepreneur would to say I've learned anything, I think that the most important thing uh, would have to be relationships. I think that you know, being honest and genuine with the people that you work with and forthright about shit and looking at everything from a standpoint of how does this benefit both of us and not just how does it benefit me is the most important thing anyone can do. I think that, you know, relationships, being honest, being clear, being open with everybody that you work with, vendors or clients, you know, is, is the most important thing. And, and this sort of idea of, what it means to be professional is, is a topic that sort of comes up a lot. And I think that at the end of the day, you can say, you can approach something and say, Oh, I need to be a professional. This is what my idea of being professional is. Or you can just be genuine. Even if that means saying, yeah, dude, fuck shit. Yeah, bro. Like this is me. This is you. And, and we're going to do a lot more together by being completely honest with each other rather than pretending to uh, be whatever we think this idea of professional is. I love that. I, on my way back, was reading a book called The Go-Giver, and I'm about halfway through it. I don't know if you've read it or not. It touches on a lot of that being genuine and giving the other person value, you know, and then in return, not worrying about the compensation because that will come, but being able to, you know, connect with somebody and give them value. And I'm, you know, halfway through the book, but it's it's been a kick-butt book, so... I'm going to keep reading What's it, it called? The Go-Giver. The Go-Giver. Yeah, really, really good book. Cool. Um, yeah, that was a very, very cool book. Um, 
John, how much time we're running? Because, oh, shoot, we got like two more minutes left. Yeah. This flew by. You know, we I had only one guest. I feel like I could talk to this guy for another Absolutely. two hours Ditto. again Ditto. Um, and keep chatting. Um, anything as like a kind of hobby you do in the free in your free time? Because you're wearing a lot of hats. So I always ask people, you know, if you're wearing a lot of hats, anything you do that gets you away from having to do all the stuff that you do? Uh, well, what, I guess uh, something that I like that I haven't been able to do lately as much that no one really knows is I like to swim. Okay. I love to be able because swimming you can completely Michael get Phelps away with. You. Get, get, yeah, right. Except for without the body. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, no technology. Just being able to be in the water yeah. and get away. Um, that and play guitar. Bandcalledcatch.com if you want to check out right. some of the tunes. Uh, um, what kind of music? It's sort of like, uh, some would say poppy. There's some folk in there, too. Okay. You know, um, we have fun. Just sort of fun music sometimes. A little lovey-dovey, but... Open water or swimming pool water swim? Uh, I would do both, but both. mostly it's it's the swimming pool. One thing I definitely want to do is I want to swim across across the lakefront, you yeah. know, by the playpen. Mm-hmm. I want to do that one day. I see people swimming I, like long treks yep. there. I, want uh, to do that. I did the Chicago Triathlon now ten you years did? ago, wow, cool. and that's where I would go train. I would just jump in there and start swimming there. Um, and yeah, there's some there's some swimmers there because I'm slow. I was a slow swimmer. That was my worst part of the triathlon was swimming. Um, but there's some people who are just like, they're way the hell out there, come all the way back. And I think where you go to kind of where the wall breaks is a mile. So you can get a mile out and a mile back. And then they have Uh-oh. buoys at like the quarter mile, half mile. So you can swim out and set your distances. Cool. But yeah, that's a cool, cool place to swim. And when you wear goggles, can you see? It's yeah, those, you can see. I mean, it's, yeah. it's shallow enough there where it's not that murky. Right. but. The lake's pretty dirty. Yeah. I, mean, I would get out and go home and shower right sure. away because it was pretty, pretty bad. When we did the triathlon, I think it was in Monroe Harbor. Yeah. And that was real dirty because it was in the actual harbor. And sure. People dumped their boats crap and yeah. there's fuel and stuff. So when I got in that water, I'm like, whoa, that's a lot worse than just being right up alongside because it's Ohio Street Beach, I think you go out of. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but I'm not a good swimmer. I sucked at it. <laughs> but it is very therapeutic because you really don't have anything. Even when you're running, I mean, I run now with my with my cell phone because it's my music. Absolutely. And then it's ringing, and you know somebody's bugging you. But when you're in the water, there's yeah, that's it. And some people are like, oh, do you want you want like one of those waterproof like iPhone watches or whatever? I'm like, no, 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 I don't want that. The water. Well, they they make waterproof he- headphones, and I'm like, nope, don't even want nope. those. I just want me and my myself and and uh, maybe a little bit of something else and you know then i can just sort of swim away away. that's awesome well thanks for coming on we ran out of time we got to have this guy back on again i'm bummed i'm not going to be at lobster fest john you'll have to you'll have to uh send me some videos twice the lobster yeah twice the lobster for me buddy um thanks again a lot for um for being on um guys that was episode 19 next week wednesday at three o'clock we got episode 20 we're gonna have a great show next week as well um thanks again for listening I had a ton of fun. And thanks again, for having thanks, me. Tim. Yeah, good times. And John, fix your, fix your uh, mic so everybody else can hear you. <laughs> I will. I will. Are we out? We're out, buddy. All right, hold on. In three, two, one.